0: Before we officially start, I must give a special shout out to the boys over at Recovery. Much like myself and the lads, Chris and Ian are a couple of rugby fanatics like we all are, and they've created various products with Recovery in mind based around natural CBD remedies. Head over to their Instagram page or website and use the code FREEBLOKES, that's the number 3, followed by BLOKES, for 10% off all their natural products and feel the benefit today.
1: Good afternoon, good morning and good evening from wherever you are listening from. My name is Jamie Robinson and welcome to episode 117 of Three Blocks and a Rugby League podcast. We are back after an eight-week hiatus to bring you the final podcast from Three Blocks of 2021, before the Christmas and New Year period. We've got a full cast here with me, Jed Imoskoddard and Callum Woody Wood are here, my co-hosts as they have been throughout a fantastic season of Rugby League in 2021. Welcome, lads. We've had eight weeks off. Um, me and Jed have celebrated birthdays. We've got another year older. Woody, you've smashed your finger up, mate. So how, how have you been first, Woody?
2: Oh, uh, Not too great, as you just mentioned there. And i you off there, but there's still quite a big kink in it. So I'm hoping it straightens out at some point. But yeah, I'm not another year older, but I feel about 10 years older. It's been a long, while since we got together, hasn't it?
1: Have you, uh, have you got any extravagant stories to how you did it?
2: Fell over drunk, surprisingly. You probably could have guessed. Don't remember an awful lot of it. So woke up the
1: next day with a big purple finger. Superb stuff. And Jed, how's it feel to be another year older, pal? Are you feeling that year older?
0: I just feel like that number 30 is closing down on me very, very quickly. Not as quick as you mind, but it's it's just there now. Just just waiting for me. And it's a little less time now that I can be immature and I've got to start acting like a proper grown-up.
1: We will, uh, we will defy odds as much as we can. So... Everybody that is listening, thank you, first of all. So, obviously, we've had an eight-week break. A lot has happened in the eight weeks. So, initially, we're just going to talk about some of the stories that has gone on. Um, We've got three main ones, and we might chuck in a few more as well. And then we're going to highlight all of the major signings for the NRL and Super League to give you our thoughts on that, and uh, probably how we think we're all going to end up um, as well. So, first of all, lads, arguably the biggest story in rugby league, um, which is still ongoing and will be for the near future is the dolphins. Um Woody, I'll pass it straight over to you, mate. What's your thoughts on the dolphins? And um let's let's go from there. Let's start on the dolphins. I keep pronouncing the, the purposely because they don't have a they don't have an actual place or so they don't have a location. What's your thoughts on them, pal?
2: Yes, yeah, so there's a a lot of debate over losing the, the place, Monaco wasn't there, and just being the dolphins, like you say. So that's a bit of a ploy to try and make sure that they're kind of not tied to one sort of location, they can try and grow a bigger fan base. But yeah, it came down to them, the Firehawks and the Jets in the end, didn't it, for the, the 17th license. Dolphins chosen in the end. Based up in Brisbane, got decent history. Big stable finances. And from what I've read, it puts them as one of, if not what, the richest NRL club as soon as they come in. Really big membership base. But I think the, the biggest thing for them is that they've got Wayne Bennett in as coach, isn't it? And Obviously, it's still waiting to see what kind of squad they build. It's been a... Bit of a slow burner in it. That a had uh, Felice Calfusi announced his, inverted commas, their kind of big marquee sign, which kind of underwhelmed the three of us a little bit. But, you know, he's a, a current origin player and he's played a big career at the Storm, won some premierships there. And the uh, last few days as well, they've announced Ray Stone. He's you know, a decent squad player, but there's going to be a lot more developing there. And yeah, it's interesting to see how they'll get on and what sort of team they'll be able to put together
1: definitely and Jed obviously like Woody's just mentioned three names linked with him so far Wayne Bennett, Feliz Kofusi and Ray Stone three three solid names Obviously, Kofusi isn't our we're not Kofusi's greatest fan but he's a solid player and Ray Stone is a is no mean mean guy either he's, he's a good solid player isn't he Matt?
0: He is yeah but I think underwhelming is probably the best way to describe it like, like it probably undersold it we are not For at least Kofusi's biggest fans, I think the last two seasons have been particularly poor for the Storm. I'd probably go as far to say out of Storm's pack, he's arguably been their worst player for the last two seasons and probably Queensland's. You can throw that in there. So, no, a bit underwhelming and I'm wanting a bit more pizzazz. I don't think Kofusi will probably be their actual marquee man. I know there's still rumours of like Yiponga. I've heard, obviously, obviously I know a lot of it is the rumour mill, but the Dolphins thought that they'd already secured Brandon Smith's signature, which we'll get onto later on. Um, but yeah, no, a bit underwhelming. Um, I won't speak too much about the Dolphins because I think that's a bit of a joke, if I'm honest. But uh, good, for, good for the NRL. They needed another club. Good to have a club based in Queensland, especially around that Brisbane area, which they needed because uh, for the user who haven't been, it's such a, a rugby league heartland. So having two clubs up in that region is really good. But I feel like they've definitely missed a trick by not having a location tied to it. I appreciate that Redcliffe as the one-on is quite a small location if they wanted to do the wide region of uh, Morton Bay, which I think has a population a cumulative of about three hundred, four hundred thousand, 400,000 would have been more than enough. And I think Morton Bay Dolphins actually has quite a nice ring to it personally as well.
1: I was going to say, Jed, what would you have gone with then? Would you have gone uh, a Morton Bay? Would you have gone with the Brisbane Dolphins, the Queensland Dolphins? What What do you think stands out most?
0: Any of them work for me apart from the Dolphins. I think Morton Bay, just because it is a bit more out of Brisbane, but it'll still have that big rivalry with, obviously, the Brisbane Broncos, and... Um, it, I'd have been happy with the Brisbane Dolphins as well, to be fair. I'd have been okay with that. Um there's loads of clubs. Obviously, you've got South Sydney and Sydney. Um that wouldn't have been an issue for me. But I just I don't know about you, Jamie. I just I don't get the Dolphins. It's it's too Americanized for me. I think it doesn't um like resonate with rugby league fans. It's not something we've been used to. I know we need to push boundaries, but it's it, it just doesn't work for me.
1: I just don't really understand it because like you mentioned to be fair you've actually slipped in a bit of a trap there you said South Sydney and Sydney obviously you they, they, the traditionalists want it to be Eastern Sydney roosters because they are the eastern suburbs and South Sydney bunnies but obviously they've kind of escaped that and I think that's probably what they're going for a bit too far away from that but I just don't understand the dolphins because like you say if you're trying to attract any new fans and you're telling them about the dolphins it does if someone says the dolphins probably someone automatically imagines Miami Dolphins in the NFL in the American football. Um it just doesn't just doesn't mean anything to me and fair enough if they're not wanting to do Redcliffe why not do a you know a Central Queensland or a you know North North Queensland South Queensland East you know any, anything but the Dolphins seem like the worst possible scenario for me I'm, it just doesn't attract me but if they're going to be playing out of Suncorp if they're going to have Wayne Bennett that they might hopefully try and uh, hope that pulls in enough people Woody coming on to the next thing mate what, what do you think about the kit you know, the NRL is, is very um, definitive in having every single home kit is very, very different. Not w- one home kit isn't like any other. They've, they've gone with a, a red, white and a bit of a gold trim. Um, what's your thoughts on that one, mate?
2: Again, probably not massively overwhelming with it. Like you say, it's a, kind of, a way to kind of stand out and something for fans to identify with. I don't know if, like you say, if, open their, if they're just trying to make themselves separate from the Red Cliffs, they're worried about... Not enough fans travelling with them to Suncorp and whatnot. So, you know, trying to bring in kind of neutral fans or non fans. Yeah, the kit's all right. It is what it is. I'm not one who gets kind of massively excited over the kind of churned out yearly kits. they not your thoughts, are on it, But yeah, not a huge fan, but not the biggest hater of it either.
0: Uh, disappointing for me. Um, I think if you're comparing it to other sports, I'd say it looks like a Sky Bet League 2 kit, if I'm honest. It doesn't look like a polished NRL kit. Um, I'm a really big lover of the kits, especially when we used to have the nines and they used to release the nines kits and we have the heritage jerseys. We have obviously the the uh, brain cancer round. We have obviously had the marvels in the past, but just just everything about the Dolphins have just been thoroughly underwhelmed, especially when I'm someone that loves expansion in terms of when it's done the right way and bringing a new club in in the area that was the correct decision. But everything after that for me, it's just been a bit meh. Like, yeah, kits, it's all right the Dolphins don't agree with that player recruitment uh, the only thing I'd say has been really good is hiring Wayne Bennett which I think is such a
1: smart decision yeah I agree with it it does look like almost like a a training top but not one that they'd wear on match day you know it's something they'd wear it like on a Wednesday afternoon when they're just doing like a run through a, a touch and pass it just doesn't look official to me and I just can't imagine them playing in it I understand that they want to push themselves away from maybe Redcliffe they don't want to go too red and white and look like the Dragons Um yeah, I, I agree, mate. It just doesn't do it for me. So what? What? Obviously, they've got another full season to go ahead, mate. If I'm honest, and obviously they're, they're probably going to build a lot more and they're going to bring through a lot more talent. I'll give you one name, Jed, and one name only. Um, who, who's Who's the big dog that you bring in to really push this uh, Dolphins franchise to a to a good level?
0: Gotta be Ponga for me. Um, I think he attracts all different types of fans with his style. He'll um, uh, bring in the younger fans. Obviously, he's from the from the area of obviously Queensland as well. He's a Queensland representative. He's young. You can build a team around him. He's just he's, he's a star really. And I think where that is like yeah, he's probably not gone how he'd wanted at Newcastle, but it's not as if he's underperformed. He's probably had to do a lot on his own. Um, and I feel like he'd just take it all in his stride. And I, I'd personally go for Caelan Ponga
1: over to you, Woody. We were just saying about a realistic kind of transfer for, for the Dolphins.
2: Yeah, I can't disagree with Ponga either. Been a, a few names thrown out there, but I think he's just enormous, isn't he? I think he's one of those that fans from other sports know about as well. You know, they've seen his highlight reels and whatnot, so he'd be absolutely huge for them. And quite a few other names, England, a lot of uh, Eels players and Broncos players and whatnot, but yeah. I don't think anyone on Ponga's level, and like I'd say possibly is a, a realistic target as
1: well, I think. Yeah, definitely. So, go on, Jed, back to you, Matt.
0: Just another one, i will probably throw Cam Munster in there as well. His name has been thrown around. But with his off-field things recently, if he, without that, his on-field ability, also a Queenslander, one title has been there, done it, still got a rel- quite a long time to go in his career. I'd probably more push him. But with, Ponga's got more of a clean off-field image, which I think is what the, the Dolphins should be striving for in their early stages.
1: Moving on to the next one, mate. Just... um. Phil, that Gus Gould has gone over to the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs once again. It was announced at the back end of last season. Bulldogs have had a terrible past couple of years, but they've started to recruit really well, which we will touch on later on down the line. Woody, what's your thoughts on, on Gus's impact with the Bulldogs so far?
2: You can see the effect it's having already, haven't you? Just It's the, a general bit of optimism amongst the Doggies fans, which is very surprising given how last season went. You can kind of feel the mood changing there. Like you said, we're going to touch on later, but... We started to, to build a very good squad for this year, and beyond that, they're starting to bring in a few players for next year as well. They? And Gus announced himself on Twitter bringing in Billy Kikau and painfully Reed Marnie as well. So, and I don't think those two would happen without Gus. Uh, you know, I think the proofs in the pudding there they're bringing in two absolute massive players, and yeah, he's going to be huge yeah. for them. And something the doggies really, really need as well.
1: Yeah, Woody touches on it a bit there, Jed, but in, in an era which is based around a salary cap and not so much about the pull of. Um, certain money or certain trophies and so on but do you think in the modern day someone like a Gus Gould is enough to attract a big money player? I
0: think it is yeah, he's obviously arguably the biggest name in the sport of rugby league Um, he splits people with his opinions he's not scared to what he thinks, he knows rugby league inside and out he's won premierships as a coach Um, he, he has done it all and we've seen obviously what he achieved at the Penrith Panthers in terms of what he implemented there fair enough he left before they reached the top of the mountain but A lot of what they were doing four or five years ago was implemented by Gus. Um, He had that five-year plan. Yeah, it might have taken a little bit longer, but the the mechanics of it were put into place by him. And I think he will have a lot of pull. There's probably not many coaches or, or people behind the scenes that can do that. You'd probably say Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy, maybe Ricky Stewart, but you'd probably say that in terms of the coach front. And then there's Gus. And like you said, Jamie, money talks more than people do nowadays, but I think Gus is one of the few people that does have genuine pull with what he's achieved in the sport.
1: And obviously, Woody, a Bulldogs man at heart. Obviously, he's stretched over a couple of clubs in the past. He's been big at the Roosters, big at the Panthers, but he won a premiership at the Bulldogs in the 90s. And, and you know, he played for the Bulldogs as well in the in the 80s and 70s as well. He's a Bulldogs man at heart and he's probably loving coming back to his, his own town club. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like you say, he's obviously got a huge affinity for that club and, um, See so reciprocated back towards him. I think that's another real positive of, of him being there. To be honest, I think it all around. It's a, a really mutually beneficial partnership. Really, no cons to it. It's, it's great for them. Great for him as well.
1: Superb. Looking forward to the Bullogs next season. And last but not least, lads. Unless we pull something else out of the hat, Jed Brandon Smith. He's been on a. He's been on podcasts. He's been on social media. He's been on other certain stuff as well in the off season. Um, We know he's a bit of a character on field. We know he's a bit of a character in the change room as well, but probably going a little bit too far in in some cases, isn't he, mate?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't agree with what he said. I think it was disrespectful to his current club, The Storm, and I felt like he should have maybe handled things a little bit better. Um, But what I will say on the situation, I think the people who come off the worst from it all are the media. In a sport that is crying out for personalities and people to sell the game, Brandon Smith does it week in, week out on social media. He's a funny guy. He knows how to interact with the fans really well. He's a great player. He's, he's, he's everything that you want in a personality. And, yeah, he has overstepped the mark in this podcast, but he's apologised for it. I don't get why the media uh, are lambasting him and uh, scapegoating him when, That's not what we need in the sport. We need to be pushing personalities. Luckily, I think Brandon Smith's the type of bloke that he won't really care about the media, what he say. He'll apologise to the Storm, he'll apologise to fans, and then it's done for him, he'll move on. But, yeah, a little bit silly, but I'm really disappointed with how the the media in Australia have handled this.
1: Where do you think you will end up in the end, Woody? Looking like it's going to be Roosters,
2: isn't it? But, like you say, the big contract news it's been a bit of a rollercoaster it's been kind of linked with everyone he's visited the Titans visited the Dolphins went and visited the Roosters as well so it's not going to be re-signing with the Storm that's for sure so yeah it pretty much looks like it's going to be the Roosters and uh completely agree with, with what Jed was saying there as well like, what he has said and how he said it probably not the right way of going about it but its frustrating to see how kind of the media's torn him down you know we cry out for personalities and I think he especially is one of the game's real great personalities at the minute and Fair enough, criticised him for it, you know, against him uh, kind of criticising his current employers, but, you know, they've really gone to town on him in, in the media, I think, and there's stories every day kind of going in on him, I you know, that the NRL are looking into his contact, uh, conduct now as well, with the uh, kind of language he was using on the, the podcast, but, you know, we don't want someone like Brandon Swift never doing any interviews again and, you know, going complete radio silence, so there's a way to go about it, both ways, really.
1: If you're a star member of staff or a player, Jed, would you want him to come back for another season?
0: I don't think the. I mean, I'm guessing the players will probably talk about these kind of things anyway. I don't think they'll take it. They'll probably rib him about it in training and show this, and, and so they should. Um, I feel like the coaching staff might feel slightly more aggrieved along with the fans. It is a bit disrespectful, but it is disrespectful what he's done. Uh, But given that all he has done for the club in his time, you can't ever say that he doesn't give 110%. He will play play till his body is broken for the club, for the storm. And he's done it countless times. So I think if you're judging him on just that interview, then you've got a very short-sighted memory and not thinking about all the good that he's done for the storm
1: over the years. Excellent insight, lads. Right. This is what we're here for. We're here to talk about transfers. Everybody loves the transfer market. Everyone loves a player moving from club to club. Today is Wednesday, the 8th of December. So, anybody listening to this, this is when these transfers have been confirmed for every single NRL and Super League club. We'll go in alphabetical order. Jed, we'll start with you, the Brisbane Broncos. Um, I mean, I'll whiz through a couple of the, the, the lesser signings first. We've had Logan Bailey's come from the South Logan Magpies. We've had Billy Walter's come from the Tigers to join his dad. Uh, Jordan Pereira's come back to his own club in uh, Brisbane from the Dragons. Corey Jensen's come from you boys as well, Jed. So, we'll pick a couple of these out. We've got... I'll pick a couple of these out first, mate. It's Ryan James. Um, we know he's a very experienced prop. We've got Brent Coley, who's won a grand final in Melbourne, but not really had much uh, time last year. And we've got Kurt Capewell as well, who's, who's a, a top, top player. And then we'll move on to you, Woody, for the, for the star of these signings. But, but Jed, we'll talk about Capewell, Lee and James first. What's your thoughts on these recruitments for the, for the Broncos? I
0: think Kurt Capewell is an excellent signing. Probably one of the best signings of the off-season, if I'm honest. Um, has gone from strength to strength to strength with the Panthers. Uh, versatile can play second row, can play centre if he has to, could probably do loose forward, could probably do prop. Um, he's a winner. Um, He's now an origin representative and he's probably going to be a mainstay of that Queensland side for quite a while. Um, A grand final winner. Um, he's, he's going to bring that winning mentality to the Broncos and I think he's an absolutely excellent signing. One of my favourite players, if I'm honest, I really, really rate him. Uh, Brent Coley, like you said, probably never really, even though he has won a premiership, not really given enough time at the storm to fully develop it like he would probably like to. Um, I think it'll suit him at Brisbane. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. He has played Origin for Queensland, I believe, as well. Uh, so he is a Queensland, obviously, back in home territory. I think he'll probably have a pretty good season, um, and and will improve at the Brisbane. Uh, and Jordan uh, and Ryan James, great solid signing. Um, a bit of strength and a bit of experience in the pack. Probably what you would criticize the Broncos over the last few seasons is that inexperience. In the pack, very, very young. You probably only had what? Davita Pangai Jr. Um, in there, uh, Alex Glenn, who's now retired. Uh, but there's the, been very, very, very young players. So I think having that cool, calm head in there with your experience will be invaluable to the other young players.
1: <clears throat> and would it, the star man, it's someone we spoke about about 80% of the time on the podcast last year in relation to the bunnies and why are they letting him go? Adam Reynolds to the Brisbane Broncos. Um, what a signing that is.
2: It's humongous, isn't it? And, you know, probably we'll never get over the fact that South Sydney let him go for the sake of giving him an extra year or two I think they only offered him one or maybe two and he wanted three. Yeah, he's going to be incredible for Brisbane. And they've signed quite a few players there. And for, them, for him being able to lead all of them, he's going to make everyone there a better player and he's going to make the squad together better. He's phenomenal. Can he lead him to a to a playoff series? I think he can do, yeah. You know, the top eight's up for grabs, I think, as obviously four or five clubs right at the top who will get back in again. But I think the six, seven, and eight spots are really up for grab and a lot of player movement there. I don't see why not, to be honest. You know, what Reynolds did this season and what he's done throughout his career. He's a leader and he's a winner. So yeah, there's a chance.
0: I think he's exactly what Brisbane have needed, especially in the halves, a really important player. And he'll, he'll want to prove something, especially coming up so close this year with the Bunnies. I think he'll he really have a point to prove this year and prove that he's still got it, especially with the Bunnies not really offering in the initial three-year contract that he wanted. Up next, we've got the Canberra Raiders, who's been a little bit quiet, really, on the, the transfer front. Not really many. There's three confirmed signings. Um, Woody, I'll come back to you first before we touch on their main signing. Uh, Adam Elliott and uh, Peter Holler, um, solid signings, but not, not anything to blow
2: you away. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree with you there, mate. Solid uh, sort of squad players and definitely could offer a bit, but I think Raiders fans would have, would have liked a bit more in the off-season so far, given how much they struggled last year after what was a really good year the year before.
0: Definitely, but I feel like obviously their main signer that I'll come to you with now, Jamie, I think he will excel. At the Raiders, I think he's going to be a really good fit for them. But I don't know whether he has the players around him, especially with what they've done this season, to and the style that the Raiders play to really utilise his skills. What do you reckon about their star signing, mate? And do you want to tell us who it is?
1: It's Jamal Fogarty. And, and obviously you'll know and everybody that listens knows that he's genuinely one of my favourite players in the NRL. I think he's absolutely superb on his day. I think the reason why Ricky has gone out of his way to sign him and this became this was a real blindside signing for me. I was really shocked that he left the Titans. Is because he's going to free up Jack White and to play like he has done um, prior to last season. Um, White and as we know was very quiet last year. Had a couple of bad bad patches as well, but mostly because George Williams, when he was there, he was playing well, but not not amazing. And then obviously his 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 kind of backups when they came in with Sam Williams and. Uh, God, I've forgotten his name. Matt Rawl, Roll- Matt 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 Frawley would just what we just weren't weren't NRL standard. Jamal Fogarty is absolutely superb. He can control the game from start to finish. He's got a brilliant kicking game. He can point people around the park. His experience is much like Cody Walker in terms of he debuted in his mid-20s in the NRL. So he's had a lot of experience in the lower grades. He's a tackling machine as well for a halfback. People don't realise how good he is in, in the defense and in the contact. And I think he's going to free up the likes of Jack White and Charles Nichol Klukstar and Josh Hodgson, if he does stay, there's still heavy rumours that he's going to leave the club to actually be a bit more free. Canberra are a side that needs someone to take the team by the scruff of the neck and lead them around the park and do the dirty work. So people like Jack Whiten and, um, and Elliot Whitehead and Charles Nichol Klukstar and everybody can actually do a bit of the flashy stuff. It's what Aidan Caesar did. It's what George Williams did mm-hmm. uh, the season before. And, and Jamal Foggett, if he's fit and if he's firing, and if he's got confidence he will potentially be the signing of the season, in my opinion, Jed. I don't know if you agree with that.
0: Um, I think he's up there. He's got a lot of potential. Um, it's just whether it clicks or not. Fair enough, Raiders were really badly hit by a lot of injuries last year, a lot of off-field dramas. Um, but it just de- depends whether they click. If that's the, re- the the tactics that they're going for, Jamie, it should work dividends for him, and they should get up to back in that playoffs at top four where they should be able for. But. It just seems like a lot of pressure to put on one player to fix your team.
1: Just want to quickly say about Adam Elliott as well. He's just, We obviously know he's got off-field problems and he's got alcohol problems and, and hopefully he's going through a bit more rehab and therapy as well with that. But on-field, I'd say along with Josh Jackson, he's been one of Bulldogs' most consistent performers in the past couple of years. And that's not seen as, as a top, top player because the Bulldogs have been one of the worst teams, if not the worst. But... I think if he controls his off-field antics and he just gets down and works out, I think it's quite an astute signing for, for the Raiders.
0: I totally agree. And speaking of the, the doggies, it leads us nicely onto the next team, the team that's been easily the most active over the last 12 months. It seems like every man, cat and his dog will link to him. I think all three of us will link to signing with him at one point. Um, we'll just go through the, uh, the lesser-known signings first, even though it seems like every signing that they've had has been a big signing. Uh, but Braden Burns, Max King, Josh Cook, all squad player signers. I think we'd all agree on that. Um, all solid players, but we won't talk about them too much just because there's so many other players to touch on. I, I wouldn't even know who you could single out as being in their star signing. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read them all out and we can dis- uh, dissect it how we want. Tavita Pangai Jr., Paul Vaughan, Matt Dufty, Brent Naden, Josh Adokar, Matt Burton. I mean, Woody, I'll come to you. Some hell of a signings there, aren't there?
2: Exactly, mate. Where do you start with that list as well? I've said, look, it's poor year last year, but uh, looking for a, a bit of a revolution with these signings. and be interested to see what you two think about the signs of uh, Matt Dufty and Paul Vaughan in particular. Both had tricky years last year, to say the least. Paul Vaughan with all barbecue gate and Matt Dufty not being able to get a game and being very out of favour. See, we know the qualities they both have and... What do you think of those two uh, particularly for the minute, Jamie? Do you think they can be successful signings there for the Doggies?
1: Once again, mate, it's a, it's a bit of an Adam Elliott situation. If Paul Vaughan can, can keep his head off on straight off field, he is an absolutely superb front row and arguably one of the best players for the Dragons and in the front row in the NRL the past couple of years. It's just a shame that his uh, he's off field character doesn't line up with that but he's an absolutely superb player and I love watching him play. it is a bit of a shame how he's off field Matt Dufty seems to be the same obviously we don't know too much of what's going on in the off field antics um it does seem like he rubs people up the wrong way in in the in the back room and the Dragons wanted rid of him um as soon as but a back line of Dufty and Josh Adokar and a couple of other speedsters that the Bulldogs have got you can't teach pace, and you can teach everything in rugby, league, but you can't teach pace. If someone's at just quicker than you, if someone's got a step, if someone's more agile, they're going to beat you day in, day out. And I think the Bulldogs at the minute are looking to get points on the board, and Duffy will be will be someone who brings that to the team.
2: With you there, mate. And uh, two of the other headline ones then that you've run through, Jed and uh, Matt and Josh Adoka. You're still with me. So, looking at Matt Burton last year, one of the centres of the year, finals of the year, absolute phenomenal season, and Josh Adokar, one of the world's premier winners for several years now. Talk to me about those two as a, as a couple of marquee signings. ins Is that for me? Sorry, my internet keeps going on and off, so I do apologise,
0: so I lost you for about 10 seconds there.
2: No worries, mate, it was for you. <laughs> tell if you're talking, if there's a, an alien trying to get in on the pod. But, yeah, talk to me about Josh Adokar and Matt Burton linking up the Bulldogs and mate. I think they're absolutely huge signings. One question I'm just going to throw you quickly and I will answer.
0: Where do you think Matt Burton's going to play? Are they going to play him as a, as a six or are they going to play him in the centres? I well, thought it
2: was going the way of the half, but again, I'm not sure on the minute. But I'd, I'd expect to see him at six to start with, I think. But I imagine he'll play both throughout the season.
1: I, I think he'll play six. I don't think he'll want to go to a lesser club if he's not going to have more of a dominant role.
0: No, I totally agree. I think he'll go for six. I think that's why, they, why they've signed him and that's why he signed there. But Both absolutely phenomenal signings. Josh Adakar, by a long, long way, is the best winger in the world and has been for numerous years now. To sign a player of his quality is an extraordinary signing. And I hope, I feel like they are going to sign him to play as a winger. I know there was talks earlier that in the season and the season before that, he wanted to go play, try it out at the fullback. I hope that, I know it's a big pet peeve of of yours, Jamie. I hope he sort of put that to one side. I don't think he's got, the, the ball handling skills or the rugby mind to play as a fullback, I think he's perfect for a winger. And if I'd probably I'd go as far as to say the best winger I've seen in the last 10 years. I think he's an extraordinary talent. He's got pace. He's got a step. He's good under the high ball. He's solid and he can tackle as well. He's everything that you want. And if you don't really build your back lines around a winger. But if you were, you'd do it around Josh Adokar, wouldn't you, to be fair? And I think their backline, if you're just looking at these signings and who they've already got, I mean, you'd probably put Matt Dufty at full-back, you'd put Josh Adokar one wing, Brent Naden at a centre, you've got Matt Burton in the halves. I don't know who's going to partner in the halves. They've still got Lachlan Lewis, is it? Is that who they're going to go with, do you reckon? I don't know who else they've got off the top of my head. Then they release released Lachlan Lewis. I'm not sure off the top of my head, to be honest. Uh, but there's enough their quality for them to dramatically improve on where they've been the last two seasons and they've got to be at least looking towards to push finals with the signers that you've had would you say that's what the probably the doggies fans will be expecting now with all these big name signers they'll be wanting to uh to push for playoffs
1: i think they're going to be in the same boat as the titans last year that i don't think anybody's expecting to pull up loads of trees but if they don't get playoffs i think it'll be a bit of a disappointing season um, like you say, mate, Josh Adokar is a match winner at the end of the day. And I think I said it earlier on in the season, I've only ever really seen him and Semirad Radra, who can win a game outright just from playing on the wing. They have so much impact from the wing player. And it's how people used to refer to Martin Affire back in the day, I think, more than anything else, or Wendell Saylor. But Josh Adokar is an unbelievable Player is electric, he's a superstar. Um, and just touching on two blocks we haven't mentioned, obviously, you mentioned Brent Nade as well, but Tavita Penga Jr., we've briefly mentioned as well, he's going to have some unbelievable impact. Um, just before we pass back to you, Woody, on rounding off from the Bulldogs, I think people like Josh Cook and Braden Burns are going to be really good squad players because they've played under someone like Wayne Bennett for the last couple of years at the Bunnies, and Max King has just come from the, the Storm setup. So they're all going to have really good. Uh, solid foundations in their game and in their character as well plus Max King interesting fact is the only ever fourth generation rugby league player he's, he's, him his dad his granddad and his great granddad all play, played professional rugby league so a little bit of a, a, a stat there for you as well
2: beautiful bit of tribute around out there yeah but it be interesting to see what the doggies do next year but I think this is a, it's going to be year one of a bit of a build for them isn't it and like I've already mentioned too the big signings they'll bring in next year so Looking for that eighth spot, I think they are. And I think that would be a pretty successful season for them. We slide along then to the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Again, they've got some real big names in there, which uh, I think we'll touch on second. But uh, a few of the other boys they've in: Matt Akavalo, Lachlan Miller, who's come across from Australia Sevens in Rugby Union, and Jaden Burrow as well. So, Jed, what are your thoughts on those three before we kind of touch on the, the more established names up there at the top?
0: Well, I don't really know too much about Lachlan a other than the fact that they signed him from Australia Sevens, and I don't really know much about Jaden Barela, if I'm honest. Um, I think I think Matt Ikevalu is a really good signing. Um, I feel like he's probably one of the most underrated uh, wingers in the comp. Always did such a solid job for the Roosters the last couple of seasons when they've had, seemed to have just an endless amount of wing injuries. Specifically, um, does need to work under his high ball, um, but he's solid in he's solid in attack. He knows how to score and he knows his way across the try line. Um, I don't know whether they'll sign him to be a first-choice winger. Um, I feel like he, if, if not, I'd say at the Roosters, he's probably fourth choice. So he'll at least be minimum third choice. But I reckon he'll be really pushing to have a regular starting spot. And to be honest, after he's gone at the Roosters, I think he really deserves it, Woody.
1: Yeah, I mean, just before you, you pass over back to Woody, mate, I think it's unless they actually needed him off the books at the Roosters... I was really surprised that Ikevalu has gone to the Sharks because, like you say, he's going from fourth choice to probably fourth choice again with the likes of Mulitalo, Sioni Katoa and Maweni Hiroti. So he's gone from one really congested wing uh, collection to another. But, I mean, if, if he likes a bit of competition, the Sharks are definitely that.
0: Fair play to him. He obviously wants to push himself and maybe just fancied a different change of scenery. But I hope he gets some game time because I do really, really like him as a winger.
2: We always rave about him, don't we, and how he's always uh, filled in so admirably, but kind uh, of never got a regular run of starts. I no, he did a bit this season with the Morris injuries and that. And, um, just a lot of that Lachlan Miller as well. From I've seen a bit of him in Australia sevens, and he's an excellent sevens player, but from what I've read, he was pretty close to moving to the US to carry on playing sevens, but for some reason Fitzgibbon rang him up at the last minute and managed to get him to sign a contract with the Sharks, which from what I know, he doesn't have a lot of rugby league pedigree behind him, but... It's uh, interesting to kind of looking down the Sevens Avenue to add players to NRL spots at the minute.
1: What what from what you know of him, Woody which I know might not be too much, but what position would he end up playing in league?
2: I can only imagine he'd probably be a winger as well, which you know, like you just spoken about Matekavalu Matt there. I don't know if he'd be competing with him for a winning spot, but he could probably play anywhere in the back line apart from halves, maybe. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And uh the, those three mentioned, and then there's a, a few very big names at the top there to talk about. Cameron McInnes, they've signed as well, but I think the headlines have got to be Nico Hines and Dale Finucane moving to the Sharks. They're absolutely huge coups, aren't they, both of them?
0: I think they're absolutely brilliant signings, um, especially Dale Finucane. I mean, he's coming with the pedigree that he's got. He's been there, done it all. And I think he will be the leader. Is he it, is it been announced as their captain, do you know? I wouldn't it would. I would probably pick him as their captain. Who have they got as the captain at the moment? Do either of you know? Wade Graham, I think. Oh, it's fair. I could see them shake I could do, see them doing co-captains, if I'm honest. And I think that would work really well, especially with them both being in the pack and in similar positions. Um, I think Nico Hines is going to run riot. I really like the look of the Sharks next season. And I think that could cause a lot of people some big issues. I think they've signed well in key positions. Obviously, you've got a half, a hooker and a, and a lead forward. Uh, they've added a little bit of depth. The back has always been stacked, really, in terms of the centre and the wingers. We've got Will Kennedy at fullback, who I'd probably argue his breakout season, I know he's been around for a few years, but it was his breakout season last year. If they click, they're going to cause a lot of people problems. And Nico Hines, we saw he doing it for Storm, he will tear teams apart for fun. And I think he'll like that he doesn't have to play understood to anybody. This will be his team. Uh, to, to do with what he wants he will be their main focal point in terms of attack um, brilliant sign the only question marks you'd argue over the over the Sharks is obviously the coaching system how it's going to work it's still relatively new Um that's probably got its biggest question marks but in terms of those I mean McKinnity speaks for himself Workhorse does all the one percenters does the nitty gritty he's not going to miss a tackle the three big signings I think there's no real question marks over. I think they're all going to are proven. I think they'll
1: all have excellent seasons. Don't know if you've got any thoughts on that, Jamie. Yeah, but I mean, I'm going to bounce the question straight back to Cameron McKinney's a superb player. Obviously, hasn't played for 12 months fully since he's done his ACL. Blake Brayley has just signed a new deal at the Sharks as well, which looks like he's going to be their lead number nine. Do you play McKinney's at nine over Brayley? Do you play McKinney's at 13 over And Where does Cameron McKinney's fit in?
0: Or do you have him at 14? So we come off and do both both jobs. Um, So it's a million dollar question. Probably one I don't particularly have an answer. I'd probably gauge it on how fit McInnes comes back from his injury. Whether he looks like he's raring to go. We see players come back, a different player after that injury. We see players come back and carry on like there's no tomorrow, like they, they were just playing yesterday. So I think a lot of it will depend on how he has returned from that injury and how the Sharks are wanting to play.
1: Definitely much so, mate. But, you you know, you look at that that group of signings and there's some top, top, top players in there as well. Talking about a team that signed a lot of top players last season was the Gold Coast Titans, along with the likes of David Fafita, Tino Fattah, Sumala. Ah, we have not missed saying that name. Um, They've obviously got a bit of tighter purse strings this season coming into 2022, but they're still recruited really well so far. Woody, coming to you first, mate, I'll talk about... Two lads, well, one lad who you'll know quite well and, and another lad who's gone a bit under the radar. Um, is Will Smith from the Parramatta Reels, obviously a utility player, has been at Parramatta all his career. And Aaron Booth, obviously a utility, um, utility player, but from the Melbourne Storm, and we know these Melbourne Storm blokes come through and they're of high, high quality.
2: Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting mixture in the signs of players with a, a lot of experience behind And players with not an awful lot of... Their. NRL experience behind them. On Will Smith, I'd, I'd love for the Eels to keep hold of him like I would with probably a lot of the players who are losing and I think he'll uh, be a tidy signing for them as a, a kind of utility to come in like, he, like he's done for the last few years. And yeah, like you say, to, to get a player from the Storm system who has been there last year and got, I don't know, he's got a handful of NRL games, but so he's uh, learnt a lot and think he'll be a bit of a shrewd signing as well. But yes, yeah, you say he probably went big last year, so not quite as... Many big signings this year, so they would to uh, be a bit more shrewd, I
1: think. Definitely so. And it looks like they're probably going to shift AJ Brimson um, to the halves as well. Jaden Campbell at fullback, Toby Sexton as well. It's going to be a new look side, Jed. Um, but two other signings that's come in Paul Turner from the New Zealand Warriors is a good solid NRL player. But the big signing is Isaac Liu from the Roosters. He's won multiple premierships. A player who we've, we've mentioned in the past that goes, once again, a bit under the radar. Um, but a top top player and a top signing
0: great player won numerous premierships over 200 appearances for the Roosters, been there, done it. And I think the thinking of this signing is that again, similar to the Broncos, need a bit more experience in that pack. You look at the put David Feater, Tino, very very young. Um, I can't, it escapes me now. I was in the rest of the pack, you can tell we've had eight weeks off. I can't think a single other Gold Coast player, but yeah, they've got a very um, young forward pack and I think bringing him I think he's about 29-30 I think that experience will really help the younger players as well and they're sort of being able to lead them around the pack um, a very very good signing one that won't have too much pressure on him to succeed he can just get in do his business carry on going under the radar will probably improve the the Titans pack as a whole and Paul Turner's obviously just been brought in as a little bit of backup um, a nice highly well thought of young half back but obviously it's going to be Sexton and um, and Brimson to uh, primarily lead them around the park. I've seen Brimson's uh, rung up uh, Lockie as well to get some tips on how to transition into uh, into a uh, half from a fullback. Just quickly to you both, do you think it'll go well? Do you think he'll manage to adapt, Jamie? Do you want to go first, mate?
1: I think it will. I think I think Titans have got a really exciting. Uh, prospect for this next season I think it's obviously a big risk letting Fogarty go like we've mentioned before but they obviously have got a lot of stake in uh, Toby Sexton, we know Ash Taylor's finally been released, AJ Brimson is is a huge, huge player um, and Jaden Campbell showed that last year as well, I think once again you, you put it all on injuries and suspensions and whatnot. you really hope it doesn't come into it but if they stick with it, I think them three alone um, can be really positive How about you Woody?
2: Second that as well, mate. And I think it will work out with Bruce now. It Might not be a kind of an instant hit or an instant success, but the more you can get the likes of his and Campbell's hands on the ball and get them both on the field together, the better really for me.
1: I think uh, hopefully the sports nutritionist and the strength and conditioning coach is putting a bit of size on Jaden Campbell because he is he is built very, very small. And I don't think that frame will last him a long time in the NRL. But Um, not our job and I'm sure he will frame up a bit more but coming on Manly Warringah Seagulls had a superb season last year Tommy Turbo had the season of a lifetime only recruited one player at at the time of of this recording and Jed is a good good player himself you're a big fan of his aren't you that's Ethan Bullimore from Brisbane Broncos I think, it's a, I think it's a
0: great signing, um, a really, really good player. Every time I've watched Brisbane play last season, I, f- I feel like he always does a good job. Um, they're just continuously producing these great young forwards and I feel like he'll just slot into that pack um, like a glove. Um, they've obviously lost Sirnan. Um, So I, f- I just think he's going to be a great addition. I think he'll be getting more game time. He, he did come off the bench quite a lot for the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, but I, I think he's just going to have a. I think he's probably going to be one of the breakout stars of 2022. I really, really do rate him. What are your thoughts on him, Jamie?
1: No, I, I do apologise for laughing. I think slotting into that pack like a glove. very does <laughs> <it> really tickle. <laughs> one, one of your best, yeah. One of your best, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I totally agree. He's kind of once again gone a little bit in the shadows under, in the likes of Patrick Carrigan, Payne Haas, David Feat over the past couple of years. But he's always one of them that's, that's getting 20 tackles a game, that's making big yards, working his backside off, usually getting like a bloody nose or something and, and wiping it off and cracking on. Um, but yeah, Brisbane definitely got a, um, a bit of prestige recently, aren't they, Woody, of producing these forwards and probably not being able to keep hold of them as well.
2: Yeah, sadly for them, kind of see that. Squad that Brisbane could have had churned out every week, or every few weeks. Which I know you're a massive fan of, but yeah, it's a, another one they've lost, which they would uh, kind of desperately like to keep hold of after developing
1: him, slotting into that pack like a glove. <laughs> one of your best. One of your best.
0: Get it on a t- get it on a t-shirt. Nine ninety nine.
2: <laughs> Here comes the merch. <laughs> <laughs> Who have we got next? at Woody. The uh, one of the best teams around. One of the best teams around and moving on to a team that's been a little bit busier in the off-season, signing a few players. It's the Melbourne Storm. So they had a, a record-breaking season last year, but fell away just when it mattered, didn't they? Came with just the, the minor premiership in the end. Made a couple of uh, big signings on the wings and whatnot, but let's uh, talk about the likes of Josh King they've signed, Jaden Nicarima, and also William Warwick who's another Sevens player, which kind of ties what I was saying about, about Lucky Miller earlier. Maybe that's a, an avenue that these NRL clubs are looking at, but what do you make of the likes of Josh King and Jade
1: even signing them? I like Josh King. I like him at Newcastle. Once again, he's not, he's not someone who's going to um, hammer, hammer away at his first team forward for a long time, but I can just see him being a Craig Bellamy player. I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to work hard. He'll probably start a lot more with, with Cthusi going in next season. Obviously, he can play a prop. He can play a second run. I think he can slot in at the centres as well if they really do need him. Jaden Nicarima totally passed me by before we were doing the research for this podcast. Obviously, Cody Nicarima, his brother, is more well-known, but Jaden's come through the rooster system um, and been playing lower grades for a lot of years. But once again, any recruitment that Craig Bellamy is bringing in, I'm a fan of because I trust his recruitment pathways and I've done for the past 20 years. Once again, mate, William Rawbrick, I can't say I've ever seen anything of him. Um, but yeah, maybe it's something that the NRL are looking at these days with, with the game getting a bit faster with the game um, becoming less of a defensive game, it's more attacking. Maybe they're looking at these sevens players to come in and shake it up a bit.
2: Yeah, like I say, he's another one. Who I'm not aware of having a, a great league background in him, but the bits I've seen of him, he's a, another high flyer. and you know, A couple of other high flyers they brought in, but he touched on that. Josh Addo-Carles on his way out, but come to you on this one, Jed, they've brought in Nick Meaney and Xavier Coates as well, a signing that we've kind of, with Jamie especially, has lauded for quite a while. And I think he said it's, and the first uh, rep player, first origin player they've they've brought in for ever, maybe, or many years.
1: I think so, mate. Yeah, what was it, it James? Sorry, Jed. I think you're just lagging a bit, but I think I can't remember the exact stat it was. But I think it was it was something along them lines. Yeah, first time in a long, long time the Storm have recruited uh, kind of a top end player for a long time. Sorry to to interrupt there, Jed.
0: No, no, no. Blame my internet um i feel like he's he's a player he's just going to go from strength to strength he was uh, it was world class at the broncos and i think he'll go even beyond that if that's possible at the storm um we know how good the storm are at, at making players better um we see him sign average players and turn them into great players on a regular basis but they've got an unbelievable player so i'm really excited to see what they do with him and be nice to see someone challenge Josh Adokar for his uh, best winger in the world title. And I think Xavier coach can definitely do that, especially with the coaching that they have at the Melbourne Storm. And Nick Meany, I mean, don't you just think Nick Meany just seems like the most Melbourne Storm signing ever? Like he's just the perfect type of player to sign. He did it with Dina Ramiya. Um, You could argue that he did it with Jerome Hughes. They just sign these okay players and then just turn them into world beaters. Um, and I feel they'll probably do the same with Nick Meany. Um, I've, been a decent fan of him, to be fair, I feel like he's carried himself really well in a struggling side for a long time and he'll probably have a really good season as well. Obviously, can slot in pretty much anywhere along the back line apart from the halves. Um, so it would be intriguing to see how he develops over the next season. Up next... Oh, sorry, go on, Jamie. All I'm going to say is Andy's a goal
1: kicker, which is big for Craig Bellamy.
0: That is very, very big as well, yeah. And we've seen how, especially this past season, we saw it with the Roosters, how not having a regular goal kicker can really, really impact your side. Onto the Newcastle Knights, not really being uh, active, but I think the only player, the only, sorry, the club, sorry, that have brought back a brief, a previous player uh, in this off-season. Obviously, Dane Gagai has returned to the harbour. Um, Obviously, he comes with a great pedigree. Kemp, ever so close to winning that premiership with the Souths. Uh, probably improved his game at the Souths um, when he left. I think he's been there three, four years now. But coming back to Newcastle and to obviously continue there pushing the playoffs and try and reach... Um, a grand final or even push towards a grand final, and Adam Clune kind of a bit of um, a strange sign. Obviously, never really got much of a look in um, at the Dragons. Don't know what do you reckon to that one, Jamie. I think it's a bit of a strange signing.
1: Yeah, I think it's fine, isn't it? It's, I don't know if he's if he was initially signed to be covered for Mitchell Pierce, but now with him leaving to uh to Catalan Dragons, I don't know if they're going to be forced to play him first hand now. Obviously, Connor Watson's gone, which we'll talk about a bit later on, so they don't have that cover anymore. I don't know if they're. If knights are going to be scrambling a bit there, but yeah, um, I think it's a fine signing. But I don't think he's going to be. A, it should it should be a starting player for you. Diego guy, top player. Just hope he doesn't kind of slip back into that um, obscurity when he isn't in a top team or for a top coach. But star at Newcastle, top top player, and I think it's a a smart bit of recruitment. Is that?
0: I agree. I just hope they're not paying him too much money. Obviously, he will have quite a high price, but I think he's 31, so it'd be nice if he can sign off his, his final years in his career by obviously doing something he's not done with Newcastle when he was their star player. It was when they was really struggling and got them, them free wood and spoons. Just quickly, Woody, what are your thoughts on those two players? Yeah, I'm with you on the,
2: the Adam Klee one. A bit of a, an interesting kind of left-field one for not a very experienced NRL player, but I think i a. Hope and I think he'll be a, a brilliant re-signing for them. Um, at times, Knights could have done with you know a bit more dogging them and a bit more aggression. I'd say, points last season. I'd be really interested to see maybe him and Bradman best pair together in the center. so That'd be a nasty prospect for anyone defending against. But yeah, he's got a good few years left in him, I think. And he showed last year he's actually saved his probably best form for his club side as opposed to Origin, which he's probably done the opposite of for quite a few years. So. Yeah, and that would be a
0: shrewd signing for them as well. I feel like with the Newcastle Knights, they're probably a team that have probably lost more than they've gained in this off season. Like you mentioned, uh, with the player Connor Watson going, Mitchell Pierce going, just them two alone, they've obviously lost a few others. So I, I feel like it could be a tough season for Newcastle, and I think they could digress, especially if if, if Pong obviously the rumors to the Dolphins, if that gets announced potentially midway through the season, I think it could be a, a disaster for the Knights. Coming up next, my boys, the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, I don't know why I'm sounding so excited. I'm not particularly excited. I don't think we've recruited very well. I think Chad Townsend's an okay signing. I think he does give us a little bit more stability in the halves, which we have lacked. Um, Peter Hicku, I think he's a very good signing, the best signing that we've had. Very versatile. Peter Flicku, as he's been coined by Eden Harris many moons ago. Uh, And then Jermaine Tanua-Brown, a very, very good player, signed obviously from the Warriors i'd argue underwhelming again I think there's other players that we need i feel like we were so disappointing last season um the coach didn't really implement the style that we wanted and we probably regressed towards the back end of the season didn't really play consecutively well at all um and it was just a, a dire season all around damn it are these the three players to potentially turn it round for the cowboys
1: no <laughs> um I, I... The Chad Townsend and, and Tom Daydon recruitment is confusing because they're two of the same player to me. Obviously, Scott Drinkerwater is going to be there. He's a top player, but I'm just not sure how that's going to go. Jermaine Tanua Brown surprised me. I think he's a good player. Um and I but I don't know if he's going to make a massive difference in your pack. Peter Hiku as well. Um really good player, really solid player. But I don't know if he's, a, he's a, if he's the type of player that's going to lead a side. He's more someone who's who's a bit seems to be on the fringes but always plays well. I don't know if he's going to be making too much of an impact for you. Um, I think it could still be a bit of a struggle for you boys this coming season.
0: I feel like it's just not particularly cleared up about who's going to be playing where. Obviously, you've got Drinkwater, who can play at fullback and then play in the halves. You've got Valentine Holmes, who's played on wing and played at fullback. Then you've got Hamiso, Tabawai for Dow, who's played at fullback and at centre. And then you've got Dayden and Townsend. I feel it just all seems a bit jumbled to me. I, I appreciate what Todd Payton's tried to do. But I feel like if he doesn't get Cowboys clicking this season, I'd be I'd be asking questions about do we need to bring someone else in. Um, I appreciate he's he's trying to rebuild the club after we've obviously gone for quite a few years now down at the bottom of the table. But I don't know. We obviously gained a million pounds from Morgan retiring. I know we're still spending a million on uh, homes and. Tamalolo, but I feel like there should maybe be a little bit more money, or they are grossly overplaying a lot of players, aka Jordan McLean. Um, but yeah, go on, Woody, I'll throw it over to you.
2: Probably ties in nicely just on overpaying, but what you read, Chad Townsend, three year deal worth 2.4 million, or in the region, it's rumoured somewhere between 600 and 800k a season. What are your thoughts on that, mate? And is that value for money? We know what it can do.
0: Not all. I don't even think in his peak, he's, he's worth that much money. There's like eight hundred k a season. He's not a match winning halfback. He's not. He's a half halfback that will guide your team around the park. He will kick hold possession very well, uh, and he'll link up nicely. He's not a player you look to to get a break through the line. He's not really a player that you're looking to get a forty twenty when you're down on your luck. He's not a player that's going to put an interesting kick through. He can convert, which we do know how valuable that is. But we've got Val Holmes, who's in my genuine opinion is one of the best kickers in the league. He nails them from the touchline on a regular basis. Is he going to give? Is he that's? Is he worth eight hundred k a season? No, I'd say five hundred k maybe. I would argue, and I'll throw this back over to you now. Chad Townsend, in my opinion, no offense against Chad Townsend. Really, really good player. Did a lot of great things with the Cronulla Sharks. He has never been an 800k a year player. That's no slight on him. He's just not been that player. I don't know, Jamie. Do you agree? or disagree with that statement.
1: Yeah, I agree on that. I, 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 I straight up agree on it because, um, to be that type of player, you've got to be a match winner. You've got to be a game winner. You've got to be turning the tide for your team. And I just don't think he's he's done that. And if he ever has, it's maybe being one in every ten. So, um. Good player, 600 to 800 grand player. Not for me.
0: Woody, what about you, mate? You agreeing with
2: that? Unfortunately for you, mate, yeah, I am agreeing. And I think even worse, I think he's probably peaked years before this as well. And I don't think he's getting any better at 30.
0: No, I totally agree. But I'm always like to be pleasantly surprised. But it gives me great joy. At least we've signed players. I pass it over to you to Woody. Who has signed nobody and lost a lot? So I'll just leave the floor open for you, mate.
2: Oh, nothing to talk about, is it? So let's move on. But no, <laughs> on a serious note, I think uh, try and be positive about it, considering it's pretty negative through the through the actual season. But I think the the outgoings are as painful as the lack of ingoings at the minute. I'm trying to look into it a bit more on any incomings, and you know, Mitch Rain is a an unconfirmed confirmed sign from what I've seen. Saw an art club, I don't know, a couple of months ago, saying he'd sign, but actually seen anything on uh, NRL.com? or any news sites and he definitely has and then also saw that Curtis Scott had been given some sort of contract which was quickly renamed on or something because he had another court case against him Jamie we touched on the Curtis Scott and the Mitch Ray one uh, offline just before the pod so what are your thoughts on those two signings slash non-signings whatever they may be
1: God just stay away from Curtis Scott honestly I mean I, I don't know the bloke and um but we have seen what he's done off field. We've seen videos, we've seen tweets, we've seen text messages. He just doesn't seem like the type of bloke who who should be anywhere near professional rugby league at the minute, and not until at least he gets through all his court cases um, and he gets his head cleared up and and we have some sort of clarification on what type of person he wants to be, um, especially as a rugby league player. Um, Mitch Rain is, is a perfectly good player. I could probably see him over at Super League at some point. I don't know if he's past his best. I think he might be 31, 32 now. Don't know if he's the type of player that Parramatta should be signing in, in order to be a bit of a backup. Um, obviously, they've lost Joey Lussick, who I thought were an excellent player. They've still got Nathaniel Roach. Reid Marney's on his way out. Um, disappointing. I, I, I mean, I, I am going to say if I were an Eels fan, you are an Eels fan, Woody, so I, I'm sure you, you're quite disappointed so far.
2: Very disappointed, yeah. Not a lot to be massively optimistic about in terms of kind of refreshing the squad and I'll bring this over to you Jed obviously there's been a lot of talk about the contract situation at the Eels there's obviously a, a few of the bigger players already out the door Campbell Gillard and Gufferson have re-signed which is good news and Junior Paolo's the next one who's being looked at who might possibly leave so what are your kind of thoughts on you know the Eels stubbornness over they obviously don't want to overpay but they've you know, not we've not just lost big players we've also lost a you know a few squad players and actually you know Lost Papa League, but not kept near Corey either, for example. So, what are your kind of thoughts on the way we're going about the re signings? It just seems like there's a
0: real like division in the backroom staff at the moment. It doesn't seem like it's a happy camp or a happy place to be. I don't know why they're not re signing these players, especially when it's not your big, big players that'll be expecting big money, unless they're making. Un- incredibly unreasonable demands, then I'm like, yeah, fair play. But I can't imagine the will bit. I can't imagine people paying an incredible amount of money for th- those players after they're having, especially Neil Corey, who had a good season. It's not like he had an unbelievable season like Papa Lee did. He had a good season. So I don't know. It doesn't make sense for me. What I do want to ask you, Woody, is what are your thoughts on what Guffo said in the press that people are always sort of looking to try and steal Parramatta's players and, and and take their best players away from him. I just thought the the whole comment was a bit weird to say, like, if you're a good player, you're always going to be looked at, in my opinion, no matter what club you're at. We see it happens to Melbourne, it happens to Roosters, it happens to every club. I just thought it was weird for Guffo to insinuate that clubs are purposefully trying to steal Parramatta's players. I just want to know what your thoughts are on it as a fan.
2: Yeah, like you say, it's a bit nonsensical as well, isn't it? Because other clubs are always going to sign any decent players. I don't know if it's because, you know, I'd quite a few years of having not a very great squad and not achieving anything, then suddenly we've built up a, a fairly reasonable but kind of underachieving squad and, you know, yeah. got the likes of Moses who we've tied on for a few years, but it'll be looked at. Gofferson only just re-signed after being looked at. Kind of a fair bit of the core of the squad are moving on this year or next. But yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely not a Parramatta-Eels issue that other teams are looking at our best players.
0: Do you reckon you'll have another good season? Do you reckon you'll push on or do you reckon you'll slip down the ladder a little bit?
2: I'd say probably similar at the minute, to be honest. Still make the playoffs, but maybe win a playoff game, but not a great deal of push from there. And I'm not sure if anyone else is going to come in, but it's only going to get harder in 2023 as well when a few more of those big names are already off. And I you know, mentioned earlier, you know, Ray Stone's a great squad player to have around and likes of him him's leaving as well. And like I mentioned, near Corey already. So, probably the most optimistic time, is it?
0: From a team that hasn't signed anybody and needed to, to a team that doesn't really need to sign anybody, but has, uh, obviously just squad players, uh, that is the Penrith Panthers, the current reigning premiers, uh, Chris Smith, Sean O'Sullivan, solid squad players, Chris Smith will probably look to try and get off from the interchange bench, Sean O'Sullivan will obviously be act as backup, especially now after losing Tyrone May. Um, he obviously the cover acts as cover for Clary and Luai. Good player, Sean O'Sullivan. Quite rate him and a really a, a real good backup in the NRL. I think. What do you think of those two signings, Jamie?
1: Yeah, am I right? You see, it's Chris Smith the centre.
0: Uh, I thought he was a second row. Maybe he plays both. I might be getting him confused with someone else.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd say same, same. Because there is obviously a lot of Smiths, but I, I do forget. But obviously, there's a there's a centre spot open at Penrith this year now with with. Um, Parman Murawski and uh, Matt Burton leaving. So, obviously, you've got Stephen Crichton in the other centre. You're probably going to have Charlie Staines and Brian Toto on the wings, Dylan Edwards at full-back. Um, so, I do wonder, if he is a centre, that they're going to potentially slot him in at centre. Have you just found that out, Jed? Have you just had the read?
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's second row slash loose.
1: Oh, is he? Okay, fair enough then. So, obviously, they're going to bring someone through at the centre. So, But, I mean, Chris Smith is, once again, he's probably going to slot straight into that Kurt Capwell role have been potentially swapping with Liam Martin. Obviously, Viliami Kikau's leaving in the next season. So I think he's a solid signing. I mean, I'm not exactly his biggest fan. I don't know him that well. But whenever I've seen him at the Bulldogs, he's been pretty solid. And same with you as well, mate. I like Sean O'Sullivan. He's a real good backup, especially in origin time when they started slipping last year. If Clary and Luai end up getting called away again, Good solid signings, and I think they're a club that are going to be really good with recruitment. I think next year is going to be their turning point, but I think they're going to be in for another solid season.
0: What about you, Woody? What do you reckon to them? Good signings and another good season ahead for the Panthers?
1: Another good season
2: ahead, definitely. And yeah, a couple of solid signings there. I don't think they really needed to do a lot more at the minute, didn't they? They were kind of desperate for anything other than, you know, Burton leaving to try and kind of fill in with him. But yeah, just adding a few more to increase a bit of depth.
0: They'll go really well. Um, and I think Chris Smith could have a potentially a, a good season. Not really, it's probably been hard for a for a forward to shine at the doggies without the Bean. Uh, but I think he probably will go uh, and improve at the Penrith Panthers. Up next, we've got the uh, the Dragons, St. George and the Dragons, who have signed a lot of players, and I'd probably say every single player they've signed is arguably like top 17 NRL, NRL, like will play. Like there's no real like Young players are signed coming through. Um, all these players you'd argue will be looking to try and get game time in 2022. I'll just go, I'll go through and but also argue, but to be fair, you'd argue that apart from maybe one, no real like big, big signings. They're all around sort of the same ilk. So you've got Tatawa Moga. Um, obviously he has had three ACL injuries, so hopefully he'll be able to stay fit. Uh got I probably butchered that name, but I'll try it anyway. Super uh, Aaron Woods. Uh, Moses Sule, Moses Mbai, George Burgess, Francis Mola, and then you'd argue, obviously, their big signing is Jaden Sewer. But when you compare it to other clubs, big signing, not necessarily like one of the biggest signings of the comp. Just I'll I'll throw it over to you, Woody. Just in general, what do you make of that collection of players that have signed? There's no real like, like in other clubs we've discussed, oh, these are their big signings, or obviously these are squad players looking for the future. They're kind of all around about the same type of
2: player, really, aren't they? Yeah, and I think after how kind of turbulent last season was and all the bands they got in and you know, players coming in and out, probably well, yeah, quite a few players they needed to move on and bring in you know, some solid sort of signings. And you know, there's some kind of inconsistent players in there or players you're not sure, like Aaron Woods, how much he's got left in his legs. But um, yeah, really not sure what to make of a lot of them. I think Jaden is a really good sign in. Be interested to know what Jamie thinks about Moses and Baye moving there as well but yeah like you say there's not, not really any massive names and also kind of not a lot of inexperienced players in there
0: either Now we're going to come to Jamie with that exact question I do think Francis Molo will be a good signing I quite rated him at, uh, at the Cowboys I know St. Ellen's was sniffing around him and I think he'd have absolutely torn Super League apart uh, but I think he'll be a really solid signing but three of their transfers I want to talk to you about Jamie Jaden Sewer, George Burgess Moses and Baye Three very different transfers. Do you want to talk me through them?
1: Yeah, George Burgess, I'll start off. Obviously, he was arguably the best prop in the world at one point in his career. Ended up slipping away in form, ended up coming to Wigan, had a, a life-changing, not just a career-changing, but a life-changing hip injury that has ended up in this kind of uh, monumental hip surgery that not many people around the world have even have had. Um, apparently, his recovery has gone so well that he's, he's impressed in trials and the Dragons have obviously picked him up. If he is back to his best and if he can even play close to the form of his brother, Tom Burgess at the Bunnies, this is going to be a superb signing. Just a real flip of the coin at the minute. You don't know which way he's going to go. You don't know if he's going to go back into early retirement or if he's going to end up playing a really key role in the Dragon season. Jaden Sewer, origin player, one of the best second rowers in the world, tackles anything that moves, fights anything that moves, played under Wayne Bennett for so, so many years, top signing, um, once again, if he stays fit, if he stays suspension-free, he will change the look of this Dragons pack, along with someone like Tarek Sims, along with Jack DeBellin, along with potentially Jack Bird playing in the forward pack as well. Um, Exciting. And, you know, Aaron Woods, Jack Gajewski, um good players. And you took the words out of my mouth, Jed. Every single one of them signings are 17, you know, are fighting for a 17 spot. I'd say maybe Tao Tao is going to be on the fringes more than anyone else. Um but if he started in the centre in the first game of the year, I won't be surprised. And Moses and Bai, I've never ever faulted his his efforts. Um, he's always been a player that has really put his body on the line for the Tigers, and I've always really liked his his morals and his ethics. He's, he's open to come out and said he didn't think you were a, a player that was in the right uh, form to be earning the money he was at the Tigers. I just hope the Dragons can nail him down to a position. Um. I think you'll go well. I think you'll go well. As long as you're in, in on too much money again, I do think you'll go really well. Um, so I, I'm positive for the Dragons this year. I actually am quite positive. I don't know if they'll blow too many teams away, but I think they'll do better than last year. Um, and like you said, Jed, Francis Molo, a good player. Moses Sule played under a really good side this past year or two. Um, Aaron Wood speaks to himself. When he plays well, he plays well. And Jack Kaczewski as well, similar to Moses Sule. So very much so. I think you took words out of my mouth. I think they're, they're going to be quite a, a good lot of signings then this year. Um, coming on to the beaten finalists of 2021, the South Sydney Bunnies. We know their losses. We're not going to go through the losses along with the likes of Wayne Bennett. They've got a brand new coach in Jason Dimitri. Signing so far, if you're a Bunnies fan, slightly underwhelming. Isaiah Tass, good prospect, not going to be pulling up any trees. Michael Cheekham, Really good squad player, utility player. I know him well playing at the Tigers. Not going to pull up any trees. (laughs) Bit of a... And I can never say this. Sivihavili from the Canberra Raiders. Good player. Rotational hooker, rotational loose. And once again, not going to pull up any trees. Woody, I'll come to you first, mate. Do you think... You know, we know that the Bunnies have got a bit of money spare. They've lost Sewer, They've lost Reynolds. They've lost... Um, a lot of big players, are they, are they holding something back to sign someone big?
2: You'd hope so if you are a Bunnings fan, wouldn't you? I know before kind of these were announced, Anthony Milford was set to join them, wasn't he? But the NRL have refused to kind of give the green light to his contract, due to court proceedings and whatnot. And he was going to come in and kind of fill a bit of the void being left by Benji and Reynolds moving on. But yeah, I don't think there's a, an awful lot to get excited about from that list of three there. Not kind of in the immediate, anyway, like you said, Chicam and Vili can be solid enough players, but they're kind of not going to tear up any trees. And then you've kind of got one prospect player. So I don't know if they're going to look for a, another big half to bring in, or if they've got anyone in mind. But, yeah, you'd expect a little bit more, wouldn't you, from a team that kind of came so close to winning the lot last year. I read
1: reading <laughs>
0: the other day online that they're going to go with Lachlan and Elias to partner Cody Walker in the halves. He said that they've said he's going to get first crack at that number seven jersey. He's played one game of NRL. For a club like the Bunnies, that is a lot of pressure to put on a kid who's who's unproven and a very bold move to do by Jason Dimitri to, to say that he's going to get first crack at it. I know you've got Blake Taff, who played really well towards the back end of the season. People thought that he would probably get first crack. But what are your thoughts, Jamie, on giving a one NRL game? First crack at number seven for the bunnies, big, big, bold move.
1: Yeah, that could be rough. Um, because obviously, you think of the spine Cody Walker, Damian Cook, two very well established origin players. Blake Taff, good player, not really proven himself for over a long period of time. He's played maybe what is it nine or ten games. Um, Dane Gagai's gone, Benji Marshall's gone. Um, a lot of experienced players have moved on from the club, including the coach. And I thought they'd, they'd try and stack it a little bit more. Jed and Sue has gone as well with um, experience. So I think it could slip very, very significantly for the Bunnies this year if, if, if nothing's done about that. What were you going to say, Jed? Sorry. Um, I can't
0: remember what I was going to say now. Yeah, I'll just say, do you think that the. Older experience in the heads will be expecting to sort of train on the job for Lachlan Elias. Um, I can't imagine they'll go sink or swim, but with, like you said, the experienced heads have already lost. I I just think it's going to be tough. Like you said, the need to ideally bring a really big experienced player in, but I can't with the the squad that they've got, new coach, players have lost. I can't see them getting into that top four with this squad at the moment, if I'm honest. What are your thoughts on that, Woody? Top four material with the squad that we've got?
2: Maybe four foot best. Yeah, i probably agree with you. It's a, it's a lot to lose, isn't it? And then, especially when you match it up against kind of the lack of experience of big players coming in. It's going to be tough for them, definitely. But, you know, it is the bunnies. No Wayne Bennett this year either, though. It's, it's just as big a loss as any of those players mentioned. Yes, as well as Reynolds leaving, her, maybe looking at keeping Benji for one more year, which they've kind of lost out on that as well. So, yeah, I think it will be tough for them to kind of replicate last year.
0: Totally agree. Onto a club that will be looking to improve. And the three signings that they've made are very, very... Four signings, I say, with Jamie sticking his fingers up with me. They have made a very, very astute and very smart signings. And that is the Sydney Roosters. Absolutely ravaged by injuries in 2021. Still managed to drag themselves into the well into the playoff series and do give themselves a really good account as well. Uh, Paul Momorowski, big fan, versatile, can play anywhere. Just won a, a premiership with the Panthers. Uh, now entering, I think Jamie is it his fourth se- fourth club in four seasons. Something crazy like that for Momorowski. Yeah,
1: cool. yeah, it
0: is. Yeah, yeah. Tigers, Panthers, Storm, and now the Roosters. Uh, Renifer Tony, real smart signing for me. That um, again, can play in, in many positions, and I think he'll, he'll go from strength to strength at the Roosters. But arguably, they're, obviously, their biggest and best signing, not one that is going to like blow anyone away, but such a smart signing that I think could be pushing at the end of 2022, 2022, 2022 when we look back as potentially signing of the season. And that's Connor Watson. I'm going to throw it over to you, Jamie, as I know you are a huge fan of his. Um, what do you make of that signing? How influential and big could it be for the Roosters?
1: Superb player. We know why he's gone there. He's, he's, he's openly said, I'm coming back to play under Trent Robinson. Um, just the question marks of where he's going to play. Is, is he going to shift out Victor the Inflictor at 13? Is Sam Verrills going to have to take a backward step at nine? Is he going to slip into the arse? Is he going to play that utility role like off the bench at Newcastle? Um, I think with a couple of players, the utility aspect of their game is a bit of a detriment to them. But Connor Watson seems to be one of these players that really uses it as an advantage. Um, and Trent Robinson knows that. I play him. I think he's a superb player. I think he'll probably push himself into the origin setup once again if he manages to avoid injuries. Um, <clears throat> but a really, really top signing. The Roosters do not make a poor signing, similar to the Storm. Um, and along with the new announcement today in Kevin Nekwama coming over from St. Ellen's former Tigers boy. What, what another player he is. I don't know if he's going to get a starting spot, but if you're going to have Kevin Nekwama as a backup centre um, and potentially playing second grade for you, that, that is a, an unbelievable signing, would not it?
2: Yeah, it's a really interesting one as well. I know after he finished off with Saints, actually he announced his retirement, didn't he? Like he going to step away from the game, but guessing because the World Cup obviously got bumped back a year, he's taken a, the option for a year contract at least because he's obviously going to catch Fiji there, so he wants to keep playing for them. But yeah, you look at that list of four there, four absolutely brilliant signings. And I think you have to say, flicking through that Bruce has probably had the best off-season and maybe after this year and kind of the massive injury list they had and dragging themselves in, the finals there maybe deserve a, a decent off-season like that.
1: Coming on to the New Zealand Warriors, Jed. Obviously, they've, they've been a bit quiet in terms of recruitment for this year. It's more focused on next year. Aaron Penney from the Storm. Jesse Arthur's from the Broncos. Ash Taylor from the Titans on about $1 a week. or something ridiculous. Um, But the big money signing is another player that has come back. So it wasn't just... Um, <laughs> uh, Uh, Dane Gagai earlier and Connor Watson's also also gone to the Roosters but Sean Johnson Sean Johnson superb player on his day is a bit hit and miss sometimes but I can definitely see him stepping up to the plate for the Warriors mate
0: I think he will and I think he's he's, he played his best rugby obviously when it were the Warriors were their main man obviously during that 2011-2012 was arguably is that when he won the Golden Boot he was the best player on the planet Um Obviously, he's, he's aged a lot, but I reckon his rugby smarts have probably improved. And you'd say up until he got that, I think it was an Achilles injury, he was the Sharks' best player. He got that spray from Cooper Cronk earlier on in the season after like four rounds. And since he got that spray, he was unbelievable. He really was. He was laying on assists left, right and centre um, and just absolutely leading the Sharks around the park, being more that experience head that you'd want from at his age. Um, he's going to slot in. He's obviously got... Uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita uh, there. It'd be nice to see how they're going to link up. Uh, Jesse Arthurs, I think, is a really good sign. I Quite rated him at the Broncos. Um, really, really solid centre. And I think he could go from strength to strength at the Warriors. What I will say with the Warriors, I feel like every signing they've ever made has either been really good or really poor. You don't ever get a Warriors sign that's just like, yeah, they've, they've done all right. They've done so. It's just like, they've had a stinker or Buddy yeah, what a signing they've been. They've done really well. And I think, I'm not going to count Ash Taylor because he's such an improving entity now at the moment, but I think Aaron Penny, Sean Johnson and Jeffy Ar- Jesse Harpers are all going to be very, very good signings. Um, and I'm excited to see how they're going to link up with the Warriors. Uh, finally, I think they're finally going back home and playing out of New Zealand, I believe now. Are oh, they still located in Australia? I think I've seen that they're going home to and trying to play a block of games out of New Zealand, which will be amazing for them, close to their families. Um, and I think they'll go really, really well. Woody, Ash Taylor. I think it's a, grand, a grander week he's on, isn't it, at the moment? Obviously, for those of you who don't know, he was on a million dollars a season at the Titans, and now he's, also, now he's on a grander week. That's a hell of a reduction. He's got the most to prove out of anyone in the NRL. Can he be a success at
2: the Warriors? A grander week, too many for me. But... No, note, that just shows how much the Titans are overpaying him, doesn't it? I mean, there's, it's not a lot to lose, is it, when you look at how big the salary cap is and what other pay, players are getting paid. You'd like to think he's kind of looking at this as a maybe not quite a last chance, but you know he's probably not got many NRL lives left and he's shown in spells. seasons season's gone by, what he can do. So, I mean, hopefully for the sake of the Warriors on him, I want to see him be a success there really and kind of prove why he does deserve to play in that league and earn a bit of big money. Jamie, I'm sure you've got thoughts on Ash Taylor as well.
1: I mean, I know we tipped the Mick, and I know we've had a few negative comments about him last year. But power to him as well. Fair play to him for for, t- for not just taking a big money contract in the Super League opportunity to go in and doing something else. He wants to stick it out. He wants to prove himself. And a massive, massive not only a, a dent in his paycheck, but a dent to his ego as well. He's not going to like the fact that he's been um, lowballed in in terms of offers. People are saying that he's going to be a backup half, but we know what the NRL is like. But we do get injuries. And I doubt it's going to be Sean Johnson and and Chanel Harris-DeVita all season. He's going to get some game time. Um, And I think he'll step up. I I think Well, I think he's got to step up because he can't go hiding again and he can't go missing. Um, I think it's quite a smart signing for him. He's out in New Zealand now. He's out from the pressure of Queensland. Um, He's off his big money. And I don't know about you, Jed, but I I think he'll be all right at the Warriors.
0: I think he's a player that always struggles to be in the spotlight. Ash Taylor always played his best footy when the media weren't staring at him or there weren't questions about him when he could just go about his business. So I do agree with you, Jamie. I think it will suit him, especially being out of that Queensland, being builders obviously this wonder kid and never really lived up to it. Being oh, obviously with the Warriors, having Sean Johnson there, because if you've got to look, Ash Taylor had to be the main guy at the Titans when there was nobody else there. He had to be the main guy in a struggling side at such a young age with a massive price tag. That's a, a large burden for anyone to bear. Going there. There's no questions over the price tag. He's got Sean Johnson there to help him and, and work with him. He's out of the spotlight and I feel it. it could be the best thing that's ever happened to him. And I feel it wouldn't surprise me if he does have a resurgence, but obviously he's got to sort of really work towards it as well. Uh, but I hope he does it. He does seem like a nice guy and, and, and it'd be nice just for him to have a good season without everybody questioning him every, every second minute. So the last team in the NRL, I'll throw it straight over to Mr. Robinson, the ever-suffering Tigers fans, uh, Tigers fan. but some good signings, you'd say, but it's obviously going to be question marks about them. What are your thoughts on them, mate?
1: There were some very heavy rumours that Jamie Robinson was going to be a Dolphins fan going into 2023. <laughs> um, but some good ones, yeah, I'll, I'll fire them out to you. Jackson Hastings and Oliver Gildart over from the Super League and the Wigan Warriors, Tyrone Peachy, and Junior Tupor, who I know little to nothing about, but Woody, I do hear he was a very, very, very well-established rugby union player, so I'll come back to you in that in a minute. Jackson Hastings, obviously, is our marquee signing. He's the guy that's been in all the press, all the headlines. He wants to come back and prove himself after the absolute farcical nature that he left the manly Warringah the Seagulls a couple of years back. Still not entirely sure on where he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to be a bit more of a mobile 13. I don't know if he's going to fill in at number six. We had him, do going elsewhere in the side? Um, preferably, I prefer us not to shift Dewey because he was our best player by country mile last year. Um, Oliver Gildart Jed is someone that you said deserves to be in the NRL for, for a lot of years. Still, I, I, I'm just unsure about him. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see him in the NRL and almost be proven wrong. Um, not sure if he's going to get a starting spot, but I think if somewhere we're struggling for for depth, it's a centre position, um, and I'm looking forward to him. Tyrone Peachey, top 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 player. Um, obviously, play anywhere can the lad. He can play six, he can play nine, he can play 30, he can play in the centre, come off the bench at 40, which is probably his ideal spot. Once again, Michael Maguire's got a lot of question marks there in terms of players and, and versatility, and I don't know where he's going to start. But whenever someone like Tyrone Peachy is in your side, you're a bit more confident on the day. We've all played with blokes like him. Um, and I'll pass it back over to you, Woody. Junior tupo what do you know about him, Mick? Because what I've read... He was one of the best prospects in Australia in terms of Rugby Union, but it just didn't really work out for him.
2: Yeah, I know he started off in Rugby League. I think he was with the Raiders for a little bit and then jumped over to Rugby Union and played at the Brumbies for a year, got into the Junior Wallabies set-up. So, I know he was very highly regarded. At, um, I think from what I know of him, he always wanted to play in the NRL. I know whilst he's at the Brumbies, he played as a winger for those in the Junior Wallabies, he would have uh, linked up with Solomon Carter there as well. So... See what he'd uh, learned off him, you know. Next league player moved over there. But yeah, like I say, mate, it's so a very interesting know He's still a teenager, I think, or maybe 19, 20 years old. But uh, Brumbies weren't too happy to lose him, and knife with the, uh, the Wallabies set up either. So, see what he can bring to the Tigers.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously we've made big marks in, in the likes of Apicorosau and Isaiah Papaliti in 2023. But these, these three signings at the minute, Jed Hastings, Gildart and Peachy are good, solid signings, and they don't seem like blokes who are going to go there just to be overpaid?
0: No, they definitely don't. Um, I feel like, obviously, Hastings and Gildart have both got massive points to prove. Hastings, because of the unceremonious way that you mentioned, that he left Manly in the first place and came over to Super League. Gildart, because any British player going over to the NRL has always got a point to prove that they can do it. And I think Tyron Peachy is a really good signing. We see our image, obviously, they do really well at the Panthers. Probably fell off a little bit at the Titans, but then towards the back end of 2021, played some really good footy. And I think he'll look to to get like a, a good handle on this Tigers side and have more of an impact. And I think they'll all really, really want to prove themselves. Obviously, Peachy was the next Origin player, obviously, in only a couple of games. But three years ago, he was regularly talked about about being in that blue squad. So he'll want to try and get up to that form as well. But... I feel like potentially if 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 you gel, they will do really well. But I feel like you're just missing some big players essentially, mate. And there's no one really there to sort of be that spark for you. I don't know if you disagree with that.
1: I'm very very much excited for that 14th place finish in 2022 already. <laughs> I don't know if that's being a bit too optimistic, but yeah. So superb stuff lads love talking signings and hopefully everybody's enjoyed it we are now into our second hour we're not going to go too much in depth on super league but we are going to mention every signing that has been made so far is like i say it's wednesday the 8th of december as we are recording this so we'll go first jed your favorite side Castleford tigers lee radford's in as the new coach their recruitment so far callum mcclennan and alex sutcliffe from leeds They've brought Kenny Edwards over from Catalan, Joe Westerman from Usboys at Wakefield, Mahe Fanua and Beretta Faramo from Hull FC, Lee Radford's favoured players, Jake Mammo from Warrington and George Law from Hull KR. I think one thing, Jed, that sums up that litany of signings is he's bought big men, big, powerful men that are going to do big minutes as well.
0: 100%. I mean, it's going to be a very much a, a new look cast in, in 2022. And I have to say... I think every single one of them signings is a good signing. I don't think there's a bad signing there. I think George Lawler is an excellent player. I've Always been a big fan of his at KR. It just graphs and graphs and graphs. Jake Mammo. Um, I know our friend Jake wanted to wanted to keep, uh, keep Mammo at Warrington. Um, was always a big fan, but just never seemed to really get a run of games over at Wire. Um, so and I think he'll he'll do really well. Cast probably suits Casta style. But yeah, like you said, big blokes, really, really sad to obviously lose Joe Westerman, one of our best players at Wakey. Um, so that, that was a big disappointment. But yeah, as much as it pays me to say, great signings. Uh, and I think it'll be a much improved cast in, in in 2022. And I think McClelland could potentially have a really good season as well. Being sort of on that cusp of trying to break out, couldn't really crack it at Leeds. And, and maybe Cass will be the right fit for him, mate.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I always saw some like George Lawler as being a hooky out-lifer, so... Very surprised he's moved to cast, but fair play to him. Obviously, he's forward Lee Radford over from Humberside. Woody, coming to you, mate. Three big signings for the Catalan Dragons Tyrone May from the Penrith Panthers, Dylan Napa from the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, and arguably the biggest high profile signing of 2022 in Super League, Mitchell Pierce. Now, these three names are only big on the field, but obviously bring a bit of off field disruption as well. Something that Catalan aren't afraid to do. What's your opinion on these three blokes?
2: Yeah, Catalans has kind of built themselves a bit of a rep as a home for Wafers and strays, haven't they, especially from the NRL. Like you've said, there's a lot of baggage with all three of them, but also on their day, a lot of quality with them as well. Um, they're very Catalan signings really, aren't they? You look at the past few years and the likes of players have had through the doors there. So looking to try and go one better than last season, so they look towards the NRL to bring a, a few boys in and they can get the best out of them avoid the off-field issues, then they could be very good signings. But on the other hand, you know, there's a lot of negative potentially with them as well. So they'll hope it kind of doesn't go down that way and where they kind of ended in the NRL.
0: What I'd argue about these signings compared to previous signings, not Mitchell Pearce, but Dylan Napa and Tyron May have come to the Super Bowl because no one would sign them in the NRL. Are those the players you really want at your club because they had no other choice? Mitchell Pierce has obviously chosen to come over. I'm sure he's getting a very nice packet to, come to, to help him come over, but he could have easily stayed at Newcastle. Or if he wanted to leave, could have gone to other NRL clubs. And Similar to James Maloney, obviously he wanted to come over. It's a nice lifestyle in the south of France, but I don't know. Obviously, Dylan nap has got quality, so does Tyrone May, but I just don't think they're going to have the effort to really want to put in the hard yards and I just think they're only over here because they had no other option and I could see Dylan Napa going the same way as Dave Taylor did to be honest
1: <laughs> uh, Jed coming back to you with uh, our second arm in Huddersfield Huddersfield Giants signed four players so far Nathan Mason from Lee Centurions T. O. Farge from St Helens Tui Lola here from the Salford Red Devils and the experienced Chris Hill from the Warrington Wolves what do you make of that quartet?
0: Um I think Chris Hill's a good signing. Um, they're not really. Si- I don't think the particular signing for is 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 uh, so much his ability, but more his experience and his now. So especially with they've got a lot of young forwards, and I've said that a few times, but they really do have a lot of young forwards and then exciting prospects at the Huddersfield Giants. I think having him there around the training pitch it uh, will be. Um, They'll be better off for it. Essentially, I think Theo Farge is a, a brilliant signing. I really, really rate him, and I think he, he could potentially go really well. He's gone from not being like the big, the big main man at Saints, uh, but I think he probably pretty much will. Obviously, that's going to be his role. He's going to be his team. Um, obviously after lost uh, they've lost Aiden Caesar, um, and I think he'll go really well to Lola here. Never really been a big fan. Um, has probably proved himself now in Super League, if I'm honest. He's not a world beater, but he is Super League standard and it's just a, a good signing. And Nathan Mason, I don't really know too much about, if I'm honest, but um, it's presumed just to be a squad player. So, solid signings. Nothing amazing, uh, but apart from Theo who I think it's an excellent signing.
1: Much to agree with that. And I think, obviously... It's- um, the coach has brought Lola here over from Salford from when he was over there. And I can't remember, but he might have, might have coached Theo Farge over at Salford as well. So surrounding himself with players that he already knows. Coming to the red, uh, sorry, the black and white side of Hull, would it is Hull FC. They've recruited Kane Evans, talking about blokes who NRL didn't really want. They have signed Joel of from Salford Red Devils, I believe, is it? I think. Maybe Salford or someone else? I'm not entirely sure. Luke Gale, big signing from Leeds Rhinos. And Daniel McIntosh from Huddersfield Giants, who, once again, similar to George Lawler, I thought he might be at Huddersfield for for a long, long time. What what do you make of them, boys?
2: Yeah, I think the Kane Evans one's going to be interesting, isn't it? Like the ones I just mentioned at Catalan's on his day. bring a lot with him, but the way it kind of ended in the NRL film wasn't really a prettier scenario, was it? Luke Gale... I don't know what he's got left <laughs> to do, to be honest. Uh, I've got a few friends, a uh, big rhino fan, including Johnny, who's on there, and they weren't really upset to, to lose him, to be honest, at Leeds, especially considering who they brought in. I think for me, that the pickup one's probably Darnell McIntosh. I'm really keen on him as a player. I enjoy watching him at Huddersfield. And, and with you, that was quite surprised he left them, to be honest. He'd probably be their final kind of a, a Huddersfield lad, isn't he? Um, Joe Lavadour, don't know an awful lot about him. No, he's a Fijian player, and they've you know, I had a bit of success with those the last few years. You know, they had Nalanga a few years ago, and they've got virtually this, but fully Vuli Capani, the winger, as well, who's had a bit of success with. So, yeah, taking another point on the Fajina, I guess, and they're kind of building a bit of rep for bringing those through. But yeah, a bit of a mixed bag for me.
1: Shooting over to the other side of the city, Jed, the Red Robins of Hull KR, they've recruited very well, and, and a team who, much to my dismay, have recruited well in the past season or two. And once again, you're looking at. PLT is coming from the lower leagues, but he's a very good prospect. Tom Garrett and Frankie Holton from the lower leagues once again. Um, Sam Wood, who's a solid player from Huddersfield. And Lachlan Coote, who is one of the most experienced players in Super League. What do you make of them?
0: There's one phrase I've used to describe these signings, and it is very, very un-Hulk I-R. In previous seasons, they've spent big on foreign talent, and, and apart from this previous season where they did all right, they usually just let them down. They don't really do anything. All really, really good, smart, smart signings is how I would describe. I think Lachlan Coots a great signing. I really do. I think he's he's was NRL quality. Obviously, he's past that now, but he's still a, a very, very good Super League player. He's been he's won three NR, uh, three Super League titles now in a row. He's, he's a goal kicker. He's secure at the back. I always really rated him at the Cowboys. Thought he was a really good player. And I think uh, Phoenix, uh, togea again, PLT, uh, Quinton's son. Um, again, I think he's going to be going really well. And it's obviously a some for the future. Um, but I think they've got a good squad and they're just sort of rounding it off a little bit for me. And I think they're going to have another good season in the whole KR. You can 100% see why I said PLT,
1: Jed. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can. Um, and all, I, the, I'm not a keen watcher of the Championship, but every time I watched Fev last year, Frankie Halton really stood out for me in the second-round position. Really, it's solid signing. Um, Woody, coming over to West Yorkshire now, Leeds Rhinos, one of my favourite sides for obvious reasons. Four big signings there in James Bentley, from a massive signing from St. Helens, Blake Austin from the Warrington Wolves, Aidan Caesar, which easily could be the signing of the season for Huddersfield Giants, and a, a massive monumental signing, in my opinion, in David too, who could still do a really good job in the NRL with the New Zealand Warriors.
2: That is a big off-season, isn't it? For, well, for absolutely monumental signings in there. James Bentley as well, a brilliant yeah. signing. two, on you know, really took me by surprise, to be honest. Usually you see rumours weeks in advance, 30, you see it kind of touted around on social media and stuff, but genuinely until the maybe the day before, the day he signed, didn't see that one coming, didn't see him linked at all. Some mentioned that they might be signing an NRL winger, but I think it'll be a brilliant signing and, See what they can get out of Austin and Caesar as well. Huddersfield aren't going to be too pleased to have lost Aiden Caesar to some close neighbours. But, um, yeah, I think the way Leeds finished last season, getting into the playoffs and showing they've got a bit about them, they're obviously going full tilt at going for, well, towards the grand final this season, I think, with uh, the aim of winning it. But, yeah, that's a great off-season for them.
1: Yeah, pretty gutted with the likes of Caesar and Fuzzi I think if they stay fit, they are big signings. And James Bentley is an England international for me. Blake Austin, unsure about. Um, but Richard Agar knows better than us, so fair play on that one. Jed, coming over to the reigning premiers, the 3P in St Helens. They've signed, obviously, a couple of Tongans to link up with Christian Wolf in Conrad Hurrell and Will Hopoate. Curtis Sivanin, who, in my opinion, is a huge signing for Manly Warringah Seagulls. Joey Lussick, who will be the next hooker to lead Super League, in my opinion, for the next 10 years. And James Bell from Leeson saint who's a good solid second rower as well. What do you think of these five lads?
0: Great, great signings. Um, I really do. You know what you're getting with Conrad. Um, yeah, he might be a bit a bit old now, but he's still going to be a devastating centre in Super League. I think Will Apuarty is a great pickup. up um, Has proved it in the NRL. Um, and I think he'll, he'll absolutely exceed in Super League. Like you said, Jamie, Curtis Sirenin. Arguably the best forward in the in Super League now, um, or he should be should definitely be in that bracket. Um, Young got plenty of years left on him, and um, quite a surprise to see him come over to Super League at this stage in his career. Um, definitely caught me off guard when I saw that sense to sign him. Um, I know you're a massive fan of Joey Luxick and Gary Jamie. I think he'll be probably the the best hooker. In, in Super League for the next few years, definitely. And I think James Bell's a, a, a solid squad signing. And I think St. Helens are going to be looking to probably be the, the squad to beat again, if I'm if I'm if I'm honest. I can't really see who's going to be pushing them because they've just got so much quality in, in every position.
1: Coming on to the South Red Devils, Woody, they've recruited very heavily once again, as they seem to do every year. First couple of names are absolute buttes as well. So I'm going to try all these and the sign King Vunny Ayawa from Leeds Rhinos, Ame Buru. From Wigan Warriors, Satili Akuala from the Warrington Wolves, Mark Sneed, top signing, Salford lad, he's come back home from Hull FC, Brody Croft, which we've spoken about before from the Brisbane Broncos, Shane Wright from the Cowboys, with you lads uh, the Jed, um, Ryan Braley from, I think he's Lee, but he seems to bounce between Lee, Hulkiah, and Salford every year, uh, Dion Cross, and Tim Laffey as well from the NRL, top, top player went on his day. What's your opinion on that entire squad of signings, Woody?
2: Yeah, like you've said there's been a, a massive turnover like there seems to be every year. Again, yeah, probably a, a mixed bag then and quite a few, well, a handful of players in from the NRL there have definitely got big potential. Like I so say, you, you look at Brody Croft, you know, he's been at the storm only a couple of years ago and come through the system there. So he could be a very tidy pickup. I think for me, Mark's needs the, the big one. Another one which kind of surprised to see until it came out. Didn't see that rumoured anywhere, but Great to see him back at Salford. I mean, he's there probably, I don't know, six, seven years ago now. Still only 30, really handy player. I think he'll be great for them. Uh, King, Budi Yamagawa. Didn't really get to see a lot of him at Leeds. I know there's quite a bit of for where he signed and hoping he could be a big player for them. But and then they playing, up you playing know, a handful of games. But yeah, again, every year they seem to have a big turnover. And on the face of it, could be some really handy pickups in there again. But they're probably going to have a, a similar sort of season for me as last year.
1: I mean, the one thing that does intimidate me slightly is the partnership of Mark Smead and an on-form Brodie Croft. I think they could be superb together if everything clicks, but we shall see. Jed, the new team in Super League, to lose Olympique. Um, obviously going to be very hard for them to recruit very heavily, but they've, they've made five signings so far and five pretty smart clinical signings, in my opinion, as well. They signed Lucas Albire, who's played Super League before. Mattie Russell, who's well-versed in playing Super League these days, uh full back or winger. Gadwin Springer as well, another solid signing who's played Super League for a couple of clubs. Chris Hankinson, who's who's a who's a, who can be a really good scoring centre coming winger. And James Cunningham, who was a, a strong hooker as well from Huddersfield. Um got a pretty good squad to lose already and they might need to recruit a couple more, won't they, Jed? I
0: think that I think they will, yeah. I think I really rate Lucas Albert. Um Seemed to be like the next big thing when he was coming through at the uh, the Catalan Dragons and, and got a decent run when it running the first team when he was like 18, but then just never really kicked on from that. I think that's probably more down to uh, Catalan liking to buy big um, NRL Australian halfbacks to lead their squad around. So probably Lucas Albert got pushed out a little bit, but I hope he, I hope he succeeds because it'd be good to see her, along with Theo Farge, two really dominant um, halfbacks in Super League. One thing that I would say about these signings, though, they're not players that have come from clubs that are like top clubs, like your top four, top five clubs. I think Chris Hankinson, maybe has he played for Wigan before? I've made that up off the top of my head, yeah. But I think he's the only real one. Gadwin Springer was at Cass. Matty Russell were at Warrington a long time ago, though he's been in the the championship for a long time now. I just think they need some more signings, more depth and some big players to try and help them keep them up. Um, we saw Lee come up last year and, and manage one win all season. It's it's really difficult. The golfing class, as much as it is is shortening, the golfing class between Super League and Championship is still quite vast. So I'd love to see them have a good season and definitely have a better season than Lee did last season. Uh, but I think they'll still be struggling and, and, and nothing really blowing me away with these signings, if I'm honest, Jamie.
1: Jed, yeah, I'll bounce straight back to you. It's our beloved Wakefield Trinity. We've made five signings so far. It looks like we're potentially going back into the market as well, but it's nothing's yet to be confirmed. We've got Tom Lynham from the Warrington Wolves, Lee Gaskell from Huddersfield Giants, Corey Hall, the young lad from Leeds Rhinos, Sadiq Adibai from London Broncos, and Liam Hood from the Leeds and as well. I must say, mate, five good players there for me, and five players who are once again similar to the Dragons in the NRL – we'll all be fighting
0: for a starting 17 spot? 100%. I think Tom Lynam and Lee Gaskell are really good signings. Um, uh, Tom Lynam's a big body on the wing, um, especially with the injury wars that we've had recently, especially along the back line. I think it's nice to always reinforce that. And Lee Gaskell can literally play anywhere in the back line. He can play from one all the way up to seven if he wants. Uh, we'll do it to play centre, so I think that's a really smart signing, especially like with the, the last few seasons that we've had. Uh, Corey Hall, again, another great signing along the back line. And then you've got Liam Hood to fill in the hook. Obviously, we have lost um, a couple of hookers. And then Sadiq Adebay, obviously a nice young uh, prospect coming forward. I feel that we're still lacking in depth a little bit. If you look from us from 1 to well, one to 30, and then you've got Big Dave at number 35, I still think we're probably a little bit light. And there's Jai Whitbread as well over his side, who obviously is a really strong signing. Uh, and I think, obviously, he was supposed to be going to the league, but with them being relegated, he's come to us, and I think he'll have a big sign. I think he'll have a big season for us. Um, but, yeah, I do just think that we're we we've putting a lot of faith in youth. With If you look at like our, our numbers in our 20s, it's a lot of youth products, which I've got no qualms with. I'm glad that we're bringing in youth. We've done it for quite a few seasons now. But I feel maybe we're just one or two big players short at the moment of really getting back up to that momentum of that top five. I don't know whether you disagree with that, Jamie.
1: No, no, I, I do agree with you. I'm just, I can't believe out of every single team we've researched, I end up missing a weight field player out of everyone. Um, but yeah, Jai Whitbread, I think, are fitting well. I think Liam Hood will be our hooker going forward, but I think I'd like to still pad out the, the prop position as well. As much as I love Yusuf Iden, I think he's a great prospect. Uh, the likes of Brad Walker and, and Sadiq Adibai, but um, I'd still like another prop or two, I think.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I think that it'll probably, I think we'll have a better season than last season. Um, But I don't think we'll be pushing up towards the top six. I think it'll be seventh or eighth, but I think comfortably seventh or eighth. I hope anyway. Uh, Jamie, I'll throw it back to you. You can talk us through the Warrington Wolves. They've got Joe Bullock, Greg Minikin, Peter Metaltier, Peanut, Ollie Holmes, Billy Magulius. I know that you do like,
1: and James Harrison. Again, solid, solid signings. Not really a bad signing at the moment there. Some really good signings there, actually. Greg Minikin's obviously slightly up and down at OKR and Cass the past couple of years, but will fill in absolutely perfectly in that Jake Mamo role that they've just released. Peter Metauti will, will have an, an even better lease of life. He was Castleford's best player the past couple of seasons by a long way. Um, he continues to rip up Super League, and I think he'll be even better in a bigger side and with his old coach at Darryl, in Daryl Powell. Ollie Holmes really surprised he's left Castleford, but obviously really good, consistent player. Very rarely has a bad game. Joe Bullock, I mean, he is exactly that, he's a big ball. he's Joe Bullock, um, big ginger prop forward, will always put a, a 7 out of 10 performance, James Harrison, someone who's come up through the, through the young ranks, I know that he's, he's, he's one of these lads that is has, has always putting in consistent performances and always been called to, to make a step up to Super League, so I really does do hope he goes well, and Billy Magulius, um, I mean, he were rumoured with Wakefield for a very short period, but Also kind of was in line to take over a Paul Gallen type role at Cronulla Sutherland Sharks for a lot, a lot of years. Didn't step into that mould. He only really had one season to prove himself. He's obviously got a decent contract over at Warrington and hopefully maybe he's wanting to head back over to the NRL after a good season or two. But solid recruitment there. I feel like I said that for a lot of clubs, but really good, solid signings there. Nobody where I feel as though it's going to be overpaid. And Peter Metautia for me, is going to be potentially the signing of the Super League season. He's an unbelievable player.
2: Can't believe that you've not mentioned that James Harrison's at another University of Pottersfield alumni doing very well in the sport like the three of us here. So. I actually Super didn't know awesome. that. I also yeah. didn't know that. He used to work at Opta along with me as well. He was a, was a very good rugby league analyst when he was at Batley and then Feb. So, glad to see him get a chance in Super League. Now he had a, a little go with Leeds when they were short players a while back. Had a couple games for them during the old COVID season. But yeah, great to see him get his chance.
1: Did he play any sport at uni? I don't
2: think he played well you'd have known if he played the rugby league team wouldn't you but no nah, I don't think he played whilst at uni
1: would I a big time for us <laughs> Fair play to him right I'm even, I'm even more on his side now that I definitely hope he, he, he thrives really well and last but not least Woody we'll come back to you Wigan Warriors have had a really topsy-turvy past couple of years I know that you've had a bit of an opinion on them they've made a They've made signings. They've definitely made signings. And I don't know if they're a bit questionable. I don't know if they're going to be the coming these signings that are going to come good in the future. I'll read them out to you first, Woody. Cade Ellis, Patrick Mago, Cade Cust, Ian Thornley returns to the club, Abbas Miski, and Ramon Silver. First of all, love the Ramon Silver name. I think that's a superb name. Um, what's your opinions on them, mate? They, they're a bit questionable for me.
2: Yeah, I think they're very questionable. I'd be really interested to see what Cade Cust does there. <laughs> kind of showing in little spells what he's capable of whilst at Manly. So be interested to see him if he gets a decent run of games there. Same with Patrick Margo, actually. And he, had a, you know, got a good handful of games for the Broncos and then played a bit for the Rabbitohs. But, yeah, I think they'd have expected a, a bit more if you're a Wigan fan, wouldn't you? Especially given our last season ended. It was pretty painful for them, wasn't it? Not too sure about that. Uh... So, Ian Fornley is a, a pretty solid player. I think he was good when he was there last time, but that's, you know, six years ago. I'm not sure he's exactly what they need. And Albert Smith's even doing all right at the Broncos, hasn't he, outside of the Super League? But, yeah, I think they'd probably expect at least one big marquee sign in the off-season as opposed to maybe squad players and an eye to the future. And if you agree on that one.
1: Yeah, I just don't know what to make of these signings. I don't know if they are all going to come really well or the Wigan Warriors fans are going to be calling for the head of the recruitment agents. But it's just... Just what what you expect something more of Wigan if they're going to recruit anyone from the NRL and and Ellis may go and cost out exactly world beaters from the NRL. But last um, last word on you Jed. But what's your thoughts on Wigan's recruitment? I think it's
0: poor. I think it's really poor, especially because they're not coming off a good season when you could say oh they've got a really good squad already. Coming off a poor season for Wigan standards, and I don't think any of these players are going to turn it around. I think it's going to be a lot a lot of pressure on on Matt Pete. It is Matt Pete, in it? The new Wigan coach, who's, again, an unproven coach, never coached at this level. I appreciate that he was the assistant for quite a while. I just, I see Wigan struggling this season. I really do. But again, again, it is Wigan. Um, Obviously, uh, the biggest name in, in British Rugby League for over all time, you could you'd arguably say so. But yeah, poor signings for me. Probably out of everyone, if you're rating them all out of 10, all Super League clubs, I'd probably say Wigan are probably bottom of that list and probably the poorest recruitment in the off season for me.
1: Lads, it has been an absolute pleasure. We have gone about an hour and a half and we deserve it to say it's our last podcast of 2021. It's our episode 117. Thank you to you two for the entire season. You've worked your absolute backsides off. And thank you to everybody that has listened to episode 117, not just episode 117, but every episode this season and, and, and previous episodes as well of Three Blocks and a Rugby League podcast. Head on over to all our social media pages where you'll find a variety of content which will hopefully pique your interest. Also, please give us a rating if you're really that bothered on all our podcasting platforms as well. We're available on every podcasting platform possible. I'm sure you've you've seen our previous interviews with the likes of Tom Johnston, Barry McDermott, Adrian Molly, Emily Rudd, Jodie Cunningham, Tommy Makinson, and much, much more from myself, from Callum Woodywood, from Jed Amos Goddard. We wish you all a happy new year, Merry Christmas, and we will catch you all down the road.